it's wonderful to be here. And I thank you so much for, uh, on personally, on the people who have contributed this morning because it fits in so, so well. And uh, we love that, don't we, when it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us as a, a church family right from the outset, right to the very end. So, because God loves, he does love us and he, he wants to tell us that time and time again. So I'm going to pray, then we, we're going to look at Psalm 23. Lord, I thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet and indeed a light to our path. We thank you for your inspired word, Lord, and I pray that we pray that you would speak to us through your word. Lord, that you would help us, encourage us, guide us, just keep us following you closely, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, breathe upon the word today that's spoken. Your living word, Lord, that we may grow to understand just how close you are to us by us every day. Amen. Now, Psalm 23, um, you know, you can preach for years on this one, so I've got an impossible task. So I've done four talks already prepping for this week. So um, this, is your, this is the fifth and final one. <laughs> but David, here in Psalm 23, was looking back on his life with what the, about what the Lord had done for him. And he discovered and walked in these truths about what the Lord was truly like. So he was, because David knew the Lord, and he'd had a, um, a fantastic and checkered life. But one thing he knew, that the Lord was his shepherd. Now, he could have used many names, David could have, for God. He could have, as we heard earlier on, Jehovah Jireh. Some people call it Jehovah Jireh. No, it's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Others, um, David's fellow, David's fellow um, Jewish um, brothers and sisters, could have called God Elohim, Father God Creator. Some of you will know these names, these Hebrew names. Or Yahweh. God is my rock. He could have said that, but he didn't, because David chose the phrase about God, which was he understood about God, but he also understood what a shepherd did, because David was a shepherd. He said, but God is my shepherd. God is my shepherd. God is my shepherd. And that sustained, and it sustained him. And towards the end, this was apparently written, David wrote it, towards the end of his life. He had, he had known through the years that God is his shepherd. And that deserves an amen. <laughs> Thank you. The Lord is my shepherd. And he looked back through time. He said this, I will lack nothing. Nothing. Because God is my shepherd. You see, because the Lord was his shepherd, he recalled that back in time that God had always provided for him. There were times, you know, in David's life, if you know anything about David's story, that, that um, everything seemed lost. There was a story, a part of his life, where he got raided by the Amicalites and they came while he was away from camp and they, they invaded and took away everything. They even took away his wife and his children. Everything was lost in David's eyes, but he was looking back and he's remembering, oh, the God is my shepherd. He provides everything I need. I lack nothing. And we're hearing that story. When it happened to David, he almost lost everything. And it may be that some of you have been through that. But what David did, the scriptures say, he said, he, David, when he, on nearing his news, 
he encouraged himself in God. How do you do that? Well, you go back to what God has already said and you get strengthened deep inside your soul. No, God is my shepherd. I will not lack for anything. You see, you can have it all taken away because life can do that. There's millions of people have lost virtually everything, even in this generation. But if God is your shepherd... You have everything, as you've heard this morning through people. If God is your shepherd, that's everything you need. If you know that God is your shepherd, ultimately you will lack nothing because of the nature of who God is. There's a woman called Chrissy Chapman who's now with the Lord, but was, she was a missionary in Burundi during the genocide taking place there uh, between the tribes and the civil war. She cared for many orphans and saw miraculous provisions of God and one of my favorite stories about Chrissy was shared when she shared about an encounter with an old man in a miserable displacement camp during the war he he was there sat by the side of a road with an empty bowl and he was praying she went over to see him and asked him his story he was in his 70s he'd witnessed his wife and his kids hacked to death And his house was burned down. He walked six days to get to the camp. And he sat there in his stinking rags with an empty bowl. That was all he had in the whole world. And as she goes over to him, he said this. I realise, I'm sorry, I never realised that Jesus was all I needed until Jesus was all I had. David continues with his song. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. You see, God had revealed to David that David was fearfully and wonderfully made. If you read Psalms about that 139, Psalm 139, even before I was born, you knit me together in my mother's womb. And the God who created him from the womb and knit him together also created David and he created us in such a way that our our bodies are magnificent. Now, you might not think that when you look in the mirror, particularly on the morning, but you are a work of divine inspiration. You are wonderful in his eyes. You are the crown of creation. He's created everything, but you are the very pinnacle when he created you and me. That, that's wonderful. And God built into our bodies, I'm not going to look any doctors in the house at the moment, but God built into our bodies an amazing ability to recover and be healed. As we, we, do, we do know that. You know, two weeks ago, I, I couldn't walk, and that's why I was a stall there, because I was going to have to sit here because I'm, my patella was so badly in pain through over, for, for damaging it. But thank you for your prayers, because I'm standing up today. Thank you. I tell you what, we need one another's prayers. But what David discovered about the Lord being a shepherd, he makes me lie down and rest. He leads me beside still waters. Why? Because God has created us in such a way that we need rest to replenish our bodies, to replenish us um, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. 
you were designed not only to work but to rest. And sometimes we think we know more than God because I can't afford to rest. I'm too busy to rest. But I can afford because, God, I'm serving you. And so I can afford to burn the candle at both ends. Well, that's not God's intention for us. You see, life throws up problems and pressures for us and, and demands and responsibilities. There can be seasons of your life where it becomes abnormal in terms of having to um, burn the candle at both ends. There's little time for proper rest. But that should be the exception, not the norm. Because you're damaging and abusing something that God doesn't want you to abuse. There's so much talk about abuse at the moment. But do you know when we don't look after our bodies and rest in the proper way that God gave us that, we're abusing our own bodies. And I just had to rest, put my leg up, put ice on, rice, is it right, rest, ice, and something else, and compression, and elevation, and a lot of prayer. But you see, we are, this is really important to you, because this doesn't sound very spiritual. This is very, very spiritual that if we need to learn how to rest physically in order to develop spiritually and emotionally because God has built into you and I, in our bodies, the need for rest. And we are, can all get in danger of not having proper rest. There's a, there's a thing called sleep debt. Has anybody heard of that? where you, you, you push it forward, well, I'll catch up with sleep in a, a couple of days' time. Then it turns out to a week, and you'll find your body not behaving itself, or your mind, your emotions, everything. But God had revealed, the good shepherd had revealed to David, he makes me. You, there's another, it's either he makes or he causes me. It's not you having a choice, he makes you rest. And sometimes he makes us look up, puts us on our back to look up. <laughs> it's important for us that we understand this. I'm going to say this now, because I, 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 I feel God spoke to me about this one. There's some precious people here today who are really struggling to sleep properly. It says in Daniel, chapter, the book of Daniel, chapter 7, something about the last days. It said, Satan shall speak great words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. So there's a, sometimes that intense lack of sleep can be not just normal. It may be the enemy is trying to wear you out. So to stop you functioning in a way that... God wants you to function by rest. So it might, later on, perhaps Richard, we, we could, if anybody, no, that's me. I, I am really, really struggling to rest. And I, I've tried, I just can't, I can't, my mind can't switch off. We're going to pray for you later on. And the Holy Spirit will help you because he's our helper. He is our helper. And so David knew that. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name. So he's looking back and he's saying, you've done it. You've, you've guided me along the right paths. 
And you, you keep refreshing me. You keep refreshing my soul. You see, there was a time when David really abused his own soul. And some of you may know this story. I guess he would have had flashbacks in his mind. He would have recalled the sin, uh, what, what people call voyeurism, where he was out um, on, on his roof uh, uh, late in the night and he saw this woman bathing Bathsheba. And in that moment, he saw that and he looked at her. It, it birthed something in his heart that led ultimately to even greater sin and he committed adultery. But it started in his mind. And David had to know the goodness and the kindness of the good shepherd in this because God, because loved him so much that he brought a prophet to come and speak into his life, Nathan, and Nathan told him a story. Uh, and David was appalled by this, the unfairness of this story. And uh, Nathan said to, to David, David, you are that man. And he recognised that God had spoken to him because God loved him so much. He, he was determined for his own sake and the kingdom's sake that it couldn't carry on like that. You see, God was concerned about seeing his soul restored. And the wonderful thing about the good shepherd, he has a rod and a staff. It says in Hebrews that the Lord does us, he disciplines us. And David knew the discipline of the Lord from that. But he knew in all the discipline that God would always be good to him because God cannot stop being good. Because he cares for him. And he cares for us because he's our, we, we are his children. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And David reflected in Psalm 51, which is about that where he, when he fell into sin. He said uh, in Psalm 51, Lord, create in me a clean heart. And the wonderful thing about this story is that nobody, no child of God is beyond repair, is beyond restoration. That's the mercy of God. It's the kindness of God because God loves us and he, he wants to restore us. And David knew that there was, there were, looking back, God, you restored me. You restored me. You forgave me. And you anointed my head with oil. Proverbs 3.12 says this, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in. And sheep are wonderful creatures. When we cycle on the marshes, we, get, we can just sit and watch sheep for hours, particularly the lambs. But they're stupid. Sheep can be stupid. I mean, they can be stupid. They're always trying to find, if there's, the grass is always greener. That's how you say in Leicestershire, not grass. grass. The grass is always greener on the other, side of the, the other side of that fence. And so you always find sheep trying to stick their head through. David knew... Oh, Lord, we're stupid. We are stupid at times, but I'm so glad the Lord is a good shepherd. There's a wonderful story about Jesus. He said, I am the good shepherd. Now, why do you think Jesus called himself the good shepherd? I had a revelation of this because he's very good at doing it. 
I am the good shepherd. And it's a wonderful story where Jesus tells this, and we sang about it this morning, 99 were safe, but one goes astray, and the Lord goes after the one that's astray, and he gets him, and he puts him around his neck, kicking and screaming, and he walks him back, and he plonks him back amongst the fold. And that's a wonderful thing about this story. There's a a subtext in this. that It's not just me and Jesus. It's not just um, David and Jesus. Jesus. We are his flock. Sheep are meant to be together. That's the beauty of this. Together. I mean, this morning, wasn't it wonderful? The testimony that we've had this morning, we're thinking, God, you are so good to your flock. Uh, don't get the enemy wants to s- separate you from church life. No, don't get separated. And he went. He went on. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. It's lovely to have friends in the kingdom of God. Um, We've got a dear friend, Goff and Angie Hope at, at, at Norwich. I was working with Goff for 13 years in leadership there. Goff, um, he, he developed cancer. And uh, somebody spoke to him and said, no, you will live into your 70s. And the word of God came to him and he's gone through all the challenges of walking through cancer. And you think that would be enough, but he's, this man... Uh, just trusting God's faithfulness throughout all these challenging years, and his wife has. Then I think it was about three years ago now, was it? His daughter, Ali, with her husband and young kids, went on holiday. She came back from Cornwall. And I don't feel very well. Within six weeks, Ali had died with cancer that hadn't been... Um, diagnosed how do you handle that and I went to see my friend and, uh, and uh, it nearly broke him but you could see him because he buried himself in the love of God and he, God is good God is good but how can anything good come out of that he's been writing a book about his story called Hope Wins it's, I tell you what, if you've been going through, it's good for everybody to read this. It's a story of how we went through. And in the end, we'll be with him in glory. Now, God didn't cause those problems, but God used those problems because he responded so well. So much glory, so much honour and so much strength to countless, countless Christians. I will fear no evil because you are with me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear. The thing about fear is dangerous. If you fear, you know, what's the point of fearing about tomorrow? It's not going to help you or me. If we fear about what happened yesterday, oh, what good do it, does it do? Yeah, okay, it's, we can be concerned. There's always a concern, appropriate to be concerned. But when you've got fear gripped into your mind and your spirit, you can't get it off. You can't get it off. And 
Jesus said, fear not, little flock. Fear not, little flock. There's a wonderful story. There's so much in the Gospels, I think it's so funny. So Jesus is, he's been over the other side of Galilee and, and he's sending, his, sending the disciples back over the sea to the other side of Galilee. And he said, I'll see you at the other side. Right? Picture it. And he said, I'm going over to the mountain to pray. So overlooking Galilee. You can do that. I've seen it. It's beautiful. So he's, he's praying. And okay, Jesus, we'll see you later. So they're off. They're going to the other side. Then a storm blows up. And it's like, it's, these are fishermen. They were scared. It says they were absolutely in peril. And the, the, so they're calling out to God. And what do they see? They see Jesus just walking by the ship. He comes down. He's walking by. And he, as if to say, I'll see the other side. I wonder if he waved to them. I, I, I just, about Jesus, I think he might have even just a little, hi, guys. I said, all right, Jesus. We're dying here. And Jesus, out of his loving mercy, he gets into the boat and the sea calms. What's all that about? The secret is this. Jesus was on the mountaintop praying for them, and he saw it. When Simon Peter said, Lord, I won't fail you, and Jesus said, I'll pray for you. He said, Satan has decided to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. And I want to say to you, and I say it to myself, Jesus is a good shepherd who prays for each one of us. He prays for this church. If Jesus, a good shepherd, is praying for you, that's all I have to be concerned about. Because he knows how to be a good shepherd. Jesus said to his disciples, I have told you this so that you may have peace in me. That's what we want. So we don't want worry, we want peace. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, absolutely. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I will fear no evil for you are with me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So God's not just with David. He looked back and saw, hold on, there was... You did that for me in the middle of that trial, that, that, that challenge. You prepared a table for me. It speaks of God fellowshipping. When you talk about tables, that's what they, we're going to eat together in this. It's a proximity of God coming alongside as a good shepherd to you and I when we are going through it. That's what he wants from us. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. I tell you what, do this. Sound like a YouTube. Do this. <laughs> Every morning you say, Holy Spirit, welcome to my day. I want you to anoint my head with oil today. Let's go. And when I do that, it seems, no, it makes a difference. Because he's interested in us. He's interested in me. And he knows what's going to happen. He thinks, you're going to name me, need me today. But the excitement of walking with Jesus, you never know what might happen. Of this we can be sure, his anointing oil of the Holy Spirit being on our heads, supernatural things can happen. Surely, goodness 
and mercy will follow me all the days of a life. It's guaranteed. I will never leave you or forsake you. I was remembering this morning, weren't we? We were at this Christian conference centre, part of the Baptist church when I was only in the 30s then. And we needed to move on from that that location. It wasn't working um, for us. And I gave him my notice. Sue, Sue was, you were pregnant, weren't you? Yeah. And we, uh, there was no employ, unemployment benefit. All we had coming in was five quid a week. Child, five pound in child benefit. This was in 1980-something or other. It wasn't a lot even then, but nothing. And we hadn't got anything left. And I remember, I remember, and it's come back to me as clear as day, I stood against the dining room in this conference centre, and I put my hands on the wall, and I was head-butting the wall. And it was hurting. Oh, God, where are you? And I was doing it about five or six times, and I felt the Lord say, why are you doing that? Why, where are you in this? And he said, to me, don't do that. It will hurt you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I said, well, okay, I'll stop. So I, I, I go to Sue. I said, what we got left in the cupboard? She says, some of you heard this story before. It's on my memory for life. We got one cauliflower and some curry powder. <laughs> I felt like the, you know, the woman in the Old Testament with the oil. I thought, well, we'll make, we'll make a cauliflower curry. No rice, just cauliflower. It was the worst meal. It was dreadful. It was just dreadful. And we said, well, Lord Jesus, you are our provider. We didn't sleep well that night. That night. We got up the next morning, we go to the door, and outside the door was a huge box of everything we need, of practical foods. We'd, we still didn't know. We, we, we weren't arguing, we were discussing, weren't we? Who gave that? Actually, I realised it was the Lord who gave it to us yesterday. God is faithful to you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Surely goodness... And mercy will follow me all the days of our life. The thing is, in life, there's a bit of experience here, goodness and mercy doesn't always sort of catch up at the same time. It doesn't, you always, it's like two dogs. They follow you. But I can tell you this, whatever we're going through, the goodness and the mercy will catch us up. And God always proves that his name is a faithful, faithful God. And he said, oh, well, Isaiah 40, 10. This is an extra free one. For the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, but my steadfastness will, shall not depart from you. My covenant of peace shall not be removed from you, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Then he says, and David sums it up, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord Forever. When Jesus started his public ministry, there was a couple of John's disciples, uh, John the Baptist's disciples. Yeah, that's right. And they saw Jesus, because John had said something about Jesus. You know, he's the Lamb of God. And, and Jesus comes up. He said to them, 
would you like to come and stay at my house? Now, of course, yes, we'd love to come to your house. So they cleared off with Jesus and they, they stayed with Jesus where Jesus was living in his house and spent the rest of the day with him. Wow. Graham, what are you on about? So where, where do you live? Come and see. Jesus prayed in John 17, verse 24. Father, this is the end of his earthly life before the cross. Father, I want these whom you have given to me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave to me because you loved me even before the world began. Now, I'm going to say something that might upset some of you, your theology. But the greatest expression of God's love for us is that he desires that we shall be with him forever. That's the... You say, well, what about the cross? The cross was the most magnificent thing that Jesus did on earth. But the cross was for a greater purpose that we will spend eternity with God. You see, God wants you to spend eternity with him. He wants me. He, he actually loves us. Dare I say even likes us? What parents don't like their kids? They love their kids. And so it's God's plan to send Jesus into the world to die on the cross for our sins that we may not perish but have everlasting life. That's what God is going to give us as a good shepherd. And David saw some of that earlier on. I, will, I, will, I, don't, I don't know how God revealed this to him. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, what do we know about heaven and the new earth? Not a lot, really, because the Holy Spirit just begins to give us a bit about it. But I'll tell you this. There's no more death. There's no more pain. There's no more fear. There's no more guilt. There's no more locks on doors. There's no more darkness. We're going to be with the Lord forever. This is what God's going to do for us. Not only that, we're going to see our loved ones who know the Lord. We're going to see them in glory. And they're going to be there to welcome us. And we're going to spend eternity. Children who have been born and died. I only found out a few years ago that I had a brother who died at birth, a twin brother. If I believe anything about the love and the mercy of God, God knows. You see, in, in the whole spectrum of life from A to Z, 70 years is not a lot. But what about this? What about that? I don't know whether my dear friend Michael's here today. No. But I, I look forward to seeing Michael in heaven without the brain damage and the restricted movement that he has, to see him with a new body, that's going to be so much joy when we see the saints. That's what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. When Jesus was being crucified, there were two, it was the two criminals, you know, the two, three crosses on Calvary. One was a murderer, one was a thief. And they were arguing about Jesus. 
who he really was. And I think it was a murderer said, um, I might be wrong on that, which one, but one of them said, I feel the Son of God come down. Save us. Save yourself and us. And the other one said, how dare you say that? This man was the Son of God. He's done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's all he prayed. Gasping for breath. Remember me. And Jesus turned with his lifeblood pouring out of his body to shed his blood for our sins. He said, today, you will be with me in paradise. Oh God. If there's anyone here that has not yet given their life to God in repentance and faith and has asked him to be their good shepherd, I ask you now today, because afterwards... It, after death comes a judgment, it will be too late. Well, God, why don't you let me into heaven now? Well, you never wanted to live with me in your life. You didn't want me in your life. You wanted to live in rebellion against me. You blasphemed against me. You sneered at the very concept that I am there. Ah. But, Lord, no. You see, you made a decision to give your life to God. And he, he is looking forward to welcoming you into his kingdom. And I don't understand half of it. A new heaven and new earth, it's all going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be so good, I'm going to, be, I'm going to walk around. I can't, I'd like to tell you more about that, something about our grandchildren. That's another story, but... I, that, We'll, we'll be amazed. We'll be, can I just say in the Greek, gobsmacked. Yeah. We'll, we'll be looking at one of them and say, it's that good. Yeah. And you're here too. I didn't think you'd get it. No, let <laughs> I'm not looking at anybody. That's just fun. You see, that's the gospel that we have, church. And that's what David, how he got strengthened through the tough times. Because no matter what's happening, one day... I'll be in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Why? Because he loves you and he's your good shepherd. And if you know Christ, you're the precious sheep of his flock. Amen. Holy Spirit, thank you for revealing to us the secrets of the Father. Thank you that you, we have a hope that is steadfast and sure. We have you with us by your Spirit every day and night to provide for us. Lord, thank you you care about not just about rising up but our lying down. And Lord, I'm praying for anyone who is really suffering from being able to sleep normally. As you, you we read in your word, Lord, that you give your beloved sleep. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, there'll be, and perhaps Richard, you, you can sort of sort this out at the end. But Lord, we want to see a breakthrough today. 
And Lord, if there's anybody who doesn't know you, I pray that you'd so work on their heart right now that by, by the time this all finishes, they'll have come to receive you. Come and talk to one of us, Lord, to give their lives to you. Amen.